Hey, son, come on in. Hey, can I play the drums? No, no, no. You gotta learn, uh, you gotta learn something basic before you can play the drums. But, Dad, you play the drums? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Don't you think I don't know that? Yeah, I played in a lot of bands, son. People take lessons from someone like me. You play this instrument, all right? Nah. Yeah, that's right, you play it. You watch what a genius does on the drums, what a real celebrity drum player sounds like, you try and keep up, if you even have an iota of talent inside of those skinny ass jeans and fuck whatever fuck's wrong with you, maybe, maybe I can play the drums. Alright, alright, you play this. Fine, Dad. Try and keep up with the master drummer, I'll keep it simple for a bit. Good job, son. Thanks, Dad. The views and opinions expressed in the following episode of This Week in the West Kootenays do not necessarily reflect those held by BC legend Steve Nash. Listener discretion is advised. This Week in the West Kootenays. Hello and welcome to This Week in the West Kootenays. Uh, that's a fan in the background there. It's fans on all over town. Everyone's got a fan on because it's so hot. On this episode, we're speaking with Jay from the Massive Music Festival. The Massive Music Festival. September 23rd and 24th. Tickets are going fast. Get them now. He's joining. We're also going to talk about the Song Ching Laundry, which is where we had our conversation. There are no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions. No dumb questions. Questions. There are no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions. No, no. Where is the world? Why did I eat that? How come my cat smells like my own dick? Let me know if you've answered this question in the past. Because I really do want to apologize if I have to repeat that question and you've already had it, please. I do not want to waste your time. At all. My question is, when I'm doing a windmill with my arm, many, many rotations, and the blood rushes from my upper arm to my lower extremity of my arm, extremity, if I were to poke a needle in the end of my finger, would it spray blood as if I had stabbed someone in the upper neck? The reason I'm asking that question is to couple with my second question of if I killed someone do I have to tell you? Don't kill anyone, it's really, really dumb. Don't kill anyone, and if you do tell someone, don't kill anyone, it's really, really dumb. Please don't kill anyone. It's really, really dumb and boring. I've heard. I've heard too. So, Jay from the Massive Music Festival, 
and I sat in the basement of the Kootenai Co-op Radio building where Massive started. And that building used to be a laundromat. A laundromat in Chinatown. That's right, Chinatown in Nelson, B.C. That's right. In the 1900s, 1901 to be exact, the laundromat was built in a bustling Chinatown. I'll read a little bit from the B.C. Heritage site because it was designated as a heritage building. I also have an article from uh, the Nelson Daily News, which quotes Nelson Weekly Miner from back in the day. And it's kind of rough, but I'll read it as I'll read this. Nelson's Chinatown is important for sustaining a number of diverse business enterprises. Some of these serve the Chinese community, including restaurants, hotels, and stores. Others, such as laundries and food stores, were key in supporting affluent residents. Still others, such as cooks and gardeners, were the source of labor for service industries. Also significant is the Chinese-Canadian singular contribution to the cultivation of extensive market gardens that were located adjacent to Nelson's Chinatown. These gardens were important for the economic support they provided to Chinatown and its residents, and for being the only supply of fresh produce for Nelson and the region. They were also a way for Nelson's Chinese Canadians to achieve a level of independence. The location of Chinatown, including the laundry building, is significant as a reminder of the broader processes of discrimination and segregation in Nelson and B.C., Illustrated by Nelson's need to be seen as respectable as it grew into a regional center for government, transport, and industry, this resulted in the forced removal of the Chinese community from their homes and businesses on Vernon Street lots, which were leased from the Canadian Pacific Railway. The discrimination was expressed in many other ways, such as the exclusionary practices of the Miners' Union and the many editorials in local newspapers such as the Nelson Weekly Miner, which advocated in the harshest terms the absolute removal of Chinese Canadians from Nelson, the province, and the country. Hi. Hi. Welcome to breathing class. I'm glad you put the tape in. You ready? (sighs) Copy me now. Keep up. Come on, you're doing great. Bad way to do it. Touch it. Touch your breath. Come again. Constructed in 1901, the Sing Chong Laundry is valued for being the last surviving Canadian Chinese built and owned building in Nelson's original Chinatown. It is representative of one of the vital business enterprises undertaken by Chinese Canadians, filling a niche at a time when Chinese Canadians were excluded from a number of other jobs and professions. Nelson's Chinatown and the Sing Chong Laundry were valued as reminders of the vibrant Chinese-Canadian culture that existed in Nelson at one time and which has been captured in local literary writing, such as Fred Waugh's Diamond Grill. Wow. Well, that, that's from uh, Province of British Columbia, the Heritage Branch. What they did is they turned it into a heritage site 
And in 2016, there was an article in, a da in the Nelson Daily News. And I copy-pasted this, so I missed a first name somewhere, but it's written by Bill Metcalf, February 11th, 2016. Are you ready for this? The provincial government has recognized Nelson's former Chinatown as significant historical site and will add it to the BC Register of Historical Places. A century ago, the Nelson area had a Chinese population of about 1,000, in a general population of 4,000. Chinese workers helped build the railway, their market gardens fed the city, and they worked as hired help in many Nelson homes. Yet, in 1902, the year after the laundry was built, the editor of the Nelson Weekly Miner wrote, If the Laurier government wished to act in accordance with with the views of almost the entire population of British Columbia. It will prohibit absolutely the immigration of Chinese and arrange to kill off, if any legal way can be divined to accomplish that act, every mother's son of the almond-eyed pigtail wearer, living at present in any country inhabited by white men. He is a filthy, immoral piece of human machinery, not a man in the sense of which the word is used by civilized people. He lives like a dog, contributes nothing towards the upbuilding of the country, and poisons every community in which he locates himself. That's what the Nelson Daily Miner said. You know what else it said? Steadily eating meat three times a day for several years. Someone told me that if I would change my diet and take grape nuts breakfast food at two meals in the day, I would improve. Well, consistent with the Daily Miner's philosophy, when white business people decided they needed the land along Vernon Street that occupied by, that were occupied by Chinese residences and businesses, the Chinese population was forcibly moved to the lower areas of town. They fucked them. We fucked them. We fucked them. We fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. We fucked them. We fucked them. We fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. We fucked them. We fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. Fucked them. Nelson resident Klaus Schunke nominated the entire Chinatown, which was in an area bounded by Vernon Front Warden Hall streets. So now there's some signage there. And that was put up there in 2011. And in addition to the English language tribute to the Chinese community, a poem of, in Chinese reads, Hard is the journey, hard is the journey, so many turns, now where am I? The Shunky says it's a, a step in the right direction, but he also says, Usually history and heritage in Nelson means white Anglo-Saxon heritage colonial. The only physical manifestation of heritage are all of those colonial types who incidentally could not have put up all these things without the Chinese. Hey, welcome to the museum. On your right you'll see a pickaxe. They use pickaxes for lots of things including digging for ore, gold, breaking through any sort of rocks. Is that a blood stain? Oh, why certainly not. It must be rust. For these young men were the most peaceable, loving, and gentle folk around these miners. Yeah, it's blood. Uh, is that luminol? Did you bring luminol? When luminol is sprayed onto an area, a black light is used. The luminol will actually glow when it comes into contact with the blood enzymes. Yeah, old lady. I believe this pickaxe wasn't just used for stabbing rocks. 
It was used for stabbing bodies. All right, all right, all right. You got us, you got us. Okay. You can put the luminol away, okay? And that black light, a little bit scary. I see you like your teeth. <laughs> yeah? Everything around you, I'll let you in on a secret, okay, is a murder weapon. This is the place we store them. This is why I have a job, okay? Now you keep it to yourself, you sick sack of shit. I'm calling the cops. Ah! Ah! Okay, okay. <clears throat> hey, Greg, can you clean this up, please? Quickly. Next group's coming in. Alright, alright, Carol, but I just want to remind you I'm on OT because Jimmy's supposed to be here. He's not here. He also says about half the railway workers in the Kootenays were Chinese. So there's a connection with the newly refurbished refurbished railway station and adds that there were large Chinese market gardens near the station. That's where they were. So now it's recognized. The Kootenay Co-op Radio Building, which was the Sing Chong Laundry, built in 1901, is the last of something that could have been great, it sounds like. But alas, it's down to one building. And that building at least keeps things going. So next time you walk past 308A Hall Street, remind yourself that you're awesome. The people inside that building are awesome. And the people that used to be inside that building were probably pretty awesome too. If you want a mouth burst of flavor without busting your wallet, come on down to Gilbert's. He's got your favorite hand-wrung butthole soup. On special, $11.99 includes garlic toast and egg, any style. Drive north, Highway 37. Take a ride on Backpipe Way, another ride on Butthole Road, and you'll hit the Glory Soup Highway. That's Gilbert's. Gilbert's hand-wrung butthole soup. Any day, any time. A massive music festival in Nelson. Well, this thing takes place September 23rd and 24th, featuring more than 20 bands. The word massive is taken from French. This is from their website. I'm going to read it. In which the word also means massive. And the word is used to refer to a large mountain mass or compact group of connected mountains forming an independent portion of a range. Or a compact group of psych, stoner, heavy, punk, metal, indie, and rock bands all in a rad little town which happens to hide deep in some hills in southern BC. Inspired by hardworking bands with big sound, we created massive music, an inclusive, non-profit music experience with the sole purpose of bringing more rock and more diversity to the Kootenays. Founded in 2016, Massive Music Festival Society is a non-profit music promotion society with a volunteer board of directors who designate roles to volunteer committees. Massive music happens every year on the third weekend in September at venues all within downtown Nelson. Massive Music is almost entirely supported by festival pass holders and community business sponsors and donations. All of our profits go to the artists. That's what it says. Let's listen to more from Jay. And now, with knowledge of the yin-yang and passion to bring music to the masses, here is... Jay. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? Yes, I'm sitting with Jay from the Massive Music Festival. And how many years is it? This is the third, fourth, fifth. 
One, uh, two, skip a couple. Yeah, one, two, right? skip That's wise. Uh, I, this will be the fifth. Yeah. yeah, and we're sitting in the basement where it all started. Right. In the in the ground floor of a Kootenai Co-op radio where the sound is perfect. Excellent. Yeah. That's, what, like you, that's the, what you wanted, right? It's what you want. Yeah. When, when they build laundromats, <laughs> they know what they're doing. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 So who played here first? What was our first band? Uh, I don't even remember. We just started it because uh, most bars in town, they wanted like kind of like mid-level or above sort of bands to play. And there's so many like being here uh, and working here. There's so I get see I just opened up a bunch of CDs just now. Like yeah. bands that just want either to play or to get played, and there was no place for them to play. Right. So yeah. we said, hey, let's make a place in the basement down here, and people came. Like it. Yeah. People still talk about it. it yeah. Kind of legendary. Yeah. You put what fifty people in here. We're probably looking at twenty by twenty five by. 15 yeah plus five more tiny tiny plus a stage plus a stage yeah this is incredible. back alley entrance oh you know so people uh, yeah we'll go out and drink and smoke and then come back in and yeah. like and watch the band come on into the speakeasy yeah totally except it's rock and roll totally yeah yeah totally underground it was awesome and uh a lot of bands started their first shows here especially um the most exciting thing about it i thought was the idea that it was all ages. Yeah. And there was no place at all for kids to go and see shows. Yeah. So kids would come here and then ended up starting bands. Yeah. That's incredible, eh? Yeah. One influence. Mm-hmm. Seeing a show. That's all ages. That's how it happened for me, too. I saw a show was all ages. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was, I was, I was like 19 or 20 when I saw my first... Well, I was older than that when I saw my first metal show, but when I first saw my first concert, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I want to I want to go to all these. I didn't want to learn how to play the instruments. I just wanted to go to them all. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Like, I realized I sucked playing guitar, yeah, so I just, just wanted to help other people. Yeah, like, I, wanted to help, yeah. I wanted to carry stuff. Yeah, yeah. Made me that excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll be out there. Carry all your shit. Yeah. You be the... Like, you be the queen or, or king up there. Mm-hmm. I'll just help you. Yeah. yeah. Sounds, that sounds like what you're doing right now. You're helping everyone play play yeah like how many bands are this years uh we try to keep it going 2021 yeah yeah and you've, yeah. have you announced them all uh only eight of no eight ten so far ten yeah. of 21 yeah. yeah yeah that's exciting mm-hmm. do you get applicants from all over or do you go search them out yourselves uh we do a little bit of both but it's really funny because when we first started the festival um it was based off of this so the idea that we're giving uh bands that needed uh Needed exposure, and especially in this in in, in Nelson, yeah. it's a lot of electronic. There's a lot of folk and this and that, and I, it was just a niche sort of thing that that's not the kind of music I was re- like. I like it and I respect it, but it's not the kind of music I was into or some of my friends were, weren't into. And uh, so we decided, like when we were doing the Crank It to Six, which is what this series was called in the basement here, when we decided to start Massive, we just went with it, same sort of idea. Is like let's find a whole bunch of like undiscovered bands. Yeah, and we didn't think it was. Good. We had no idea what was going to happen, right? So we did it the first year at the Legion, and people came. It was like we sold out. We're like, and we're not selling a lot of tickets, right? Yeah. So we're kind of keeping it the punk rock sort of like styles. Like it's not super expensive, right? And yeah. then what we found after the first year is bands started. 
bands met other bands. So part of our, our philosophy was always like half fans, half bands. So bands meet other bands. And we were finding out the first year after we were doing it, the bands were going on tour together. Bands were starting to play together. Um, like they were mixing and mingling as far as like, Hey, I'm in town. Can I, Oh yeah, we need a bass player tonight. Do you want to play with us? Like we're like, and yeah. they, they were just saying yeah, it's all because of massive. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you put it together and then people just came. It almost is like a thing where uh, if you give someone a reason to get out of bed, like you gave you a reason to get out of bed because like folk music for me is great. I love it, but I'm not going to go like, it's a difference far or I'm not going to like make an effort. Yeah. But for certain people, there's the, the heavy sound. There's a certain number of us that'll move to it. Like you can call me from down there. You say, Hey man, there's a heavy eight hours away. It depends who's there I'm going like, yeah. and that's an effort and that's what Massive is becoming because you're getting some bigger name bands we're getting bigger name bands I, I think that we don't always want to get bigger no. name bands like, we, like it's good to get a couple headliners but it's good to also be like this band has never played before Yeah, and it's exciting for them to be a part of it and like we found with a lot of it the first time that we did it bands would just come for the one day and then leave sort of thing but after the uh, the second year, bands were like, uh, "I'm just gonna I'm staying for the whole weekend. This is great, right?" Like, because it's got a real feel to it. Yeah, the like fir- a human feel. The first year we had rented the Alpine uh, Motel or like a bunch of them for the because we always put up the bands as yeah. well, right? And uh, we had rented that, and we had gotten a call. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. But anyway, so a there's a hotel. A naked, a half naked, naked dude lying in the middle of the uh, uh, of the hotel room, with all these people sitting around him with candles, doing some sort of weird chant. And the person that was like running the hotel was like just walked in and was like, "I can't deal with this." And then. We were not allowed back there ever. No. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're not a hotel. We're not a hotel for you. <laughs> yeah, I just have this picture, Mike. We were just talking about hockey. Yeah. Man, you leave a whole bunch of hockey players together. What happens? Yeah. You leave a whole bunch of band. Someone's going to be naked and there's going to be a ritual. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Did anyone get hurt? No, no, no. no, no, no. Satan came for a few minutes. <laughs> came in and said hi. Said hi. Said, Keep rocking. Great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's amazing. No, oh, man. Oh, I have a oh. I like talking about the festival side. Right. Like, in, instead of the bands, because I like the feel of things and the, why people go to a live thing. <laughs> and the reason people should go to Massive, like, in my opinion, this is what I've heard from, like, Kirk and other people who've played there, is they talk about it all year long because the experience, they felt like it was their show. Yeah. And everyone was, was like, not a free-for-all, but, like, like, if you want your nipples to hang out, put your nipples out. Like a guy, like like you know what I mean. But no one's gonna go. Hey, man, you're not fitting in. Right. You you are fitting in, especially if you're different. Well, and that's the thing. That, like we learned from uh, growing from the Crank of the Six and doing Massive. Uh, Crank of the Six, of course, started off with like uh, we were trying to give a voice to the voiceless as far as bands go. Yeah. And then we realized after our first year of of Massive that okay, there's no people of color up there. There's no First Nations people up there. There are no women up there, right? Or maybe one or two sort of idea. And we were like, okay, this is going to be our mandate as well. It's like we're not only going to uh, going to hit up 
the undiscovered sort of bands, but we also want to like encourage bands that are that are diverse, right? Yeah. Uh, and like a good example is uh, from uh, Saskatoon. There's this band called Man Meat who's coming yeah. back this yeah. year, right? And they're awesome, all women. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Man Meat. Yeah. Oh, and it, I've it, heard Man Meat. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't look them up. Yeah, yeah. It's just you like, would never know. Yeah, you would never know. But they met other people. Like I mean, it's just. It's it's really important, especially for, with the youth, because we're still all ages. And for uh, for women to come to or to come to a show and see women on stage, yeah. rocking out, they're like, "I can do this. This is awesome." Sort of idea, right? So I, the, that's important. Really important for Massive is like is the diversity and inclusion with all the bands. Like, I don't want to be that festival where it's just like, okay, what do we have? We have a. Uh, Bad, bad religion, no effects, and like like four, yeah. like four bands, which are kind of awesome bands, but at the same time, we forgot to get L seven. Yeah, we didn't ask Bikini Kill, you know, like that kind of thing. We didn't mm-hmm. have that kind of money, so and we just want to encourage people that anybody can do it. All right, and I, I have three daughters, and when when they hear this heavy metal stuff, I always I'll show them. I showed them this video of Angela Gossow mm-hmm. when she was with Arch Enemy. Because I remember watching her going, holy crap, she's the scariest person here on stage. Like, yeah. and with her vocals. Crazy voice. Crazy. Yeah. And she comes at you. Yeah. And then she smiles her way off the stage. And you still like, I don't know if I should get close to her. Yeah. She might bite your head off. And I show her, I show my daughter, two of them like that, when you hear her voice. And then they hear it and they went, oh. And they like it. Yeah. They liked it all of a sudden because they could relate to who was doing it. Yeah. Like a pretty woman. Weird how that works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You just see it, and now you're setting it up for that. Yeah, I don't know if I would say like necessarily a pretty woman. Yeah, I know, but that's like she this, happens to be one. A, a strong female, strong female lead. Yeah, is is really important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then they, they, they don't even have with, to be. They don't even have to be a, a strong female lead. Like it could be a, a strong female bass. bass doesn't matter. Bass yeah, or guitar. The, one of the best uh, Helmsley, who played massive a couple, or the last one, I think. Yeah, we had propaganda. We had Helmsley, and. There's two females in the band and a male. We I actually just went and saw them recently as well. But the drummer is so incredible. She is like, I had uh, friends who are in bands who are drummers and watched her play and just went, I need to like throw my drums away and start again by her technique because it's the most incredible technique I've ever seen in my life and really? it just changed the way I look at drums. Awesome. That's right. Yeah. Because well, you need someone to look at it differently. No? Yeah. Why does it have to be the same as before? It doesn't. It doesn't. Make it new. And that's what you guys are doing. You're searching for new things. Always. Yeah. yeah. And I think... It, 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 old is boring. No, old? It, no, no I'm, I'm not saying that. Like, nostalgia is great, and this and that, and that's why we kind of do what we're doing. I mean, it's probably because a lot of us have grew up in the, in the 90s or whatever, 2000s, and there's like... Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, the inspiring part is, is one thing for it. But then, uh, I don't know, when I think about like a festival, like how much work you guys are putting into this to make it seem nonchalant, like it doesn't, like to me, you guys, it seems easy, but it's not, because I've done this kind of thing before, it's like the most work, mm-hmm. it's, it's like year, wall-to-wall work, but the incredible gift that you give is like when someone walks through, you say hi, Yeah. the bands will say hi, and then what that does to a scene is it, it creates like, the West Kootenays is going to have its own sound, like Martin... Popoff was talking. I asked him like, 
what made the grunge scene happen? Why is there always a big four? Why does this thrash sound come from here and the Florida sound come mm-hmm. from here? And his he's, his answer was not what I expected at all. It was way more simple than I thought. I thought it'd be like oh, it's like the water lead right yeah, <laughs> the water. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, he says one band will start it, and the other one his theory is the other bands like it, and then they get to meet, and then all of a sudden the sound comes out because they all like each other, and then they're all comparing and they're sharing bands. Yeah, like what you're saying, all of a sudden the sound erupts. Yeah, they're touring together, they're trading members, and all of a sudden, and they they met here, which is kind of like an interesting thing. So I think what you've done, what you're doing is like uh. That. Yeah. Not like... It's a gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Because then you hear the new album and it's not... It's not a stale sort of... We've just been like... Even with COVID, like they were still like trading members and like talking. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's the first festival I heard of when I moved here a couple years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. I got met a guy and said, oh, you're, yeah, Massive's playing. And I looked it up. Like, that's neat. Like, it seems like it should happen and it does happen. Mm-hmm. But I think you're doing that thing. Yeah. But it's not a money thing like you'll see down in the other town that just had a thing. Right. With bands that are all over, everyone knows the radio. Right. right? Like for me, you was go that, there. Was that the uh, I Mother Earth, Our Lady Peace? Or what was it? I yeah. That. Our Lady Peace was that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I already talked about it. I fucking hate Our Lady Peace. I hate that band more than I hate any other band in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why mm-hmm. he has to sing like that or why that's on repeat on the radio still. CanCon, I know. But you know what I mean? That's a whole other thing. Like if you want to talk to him, CanCon in another. Mm, yeah. Oh. Because CanCon's, a, I will talk about it because CanCon pisses me off. If it's called Canadian content, where's all the other Canadian bands? There are thousands of Canadian bands that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Not just default. So, um, well, mainstream radio, right? Yeah. Which plays a lot of those those bands. Um, they are uh, they're tracked all the time because they play the same songs over and over. So those bands get a bunch of money. Yeah. You go to community radio and you go to campus radio. Uh, we're only tracked two or three times a year. Yeah. So, and only for like three days at a time. So, therefore, those indie bands only get paid based on a three-day thing. So, we play so many different bands all through the year, and they don't want to track it because it's too much too much work for them. Yeah, it's too much work. And all these bands are getting uh, uh, played, but not getting paid. Yeah. But paying their so-can dues. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> it's... Paying the dues. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, really it's, it's a... It's something that needs to be changed, basically. Yeah, and, and one thing that would change it if it was like Rain Maida stood up on stage and said, here's a million dollars to the next bunch of bands or something. Here's yeah. here's the money that I can give to you. Thanks for the gift that I was given. Like, yeah. I went and stood up on stage in a little thing and, and took advantage of this thing. Like Brian Adams, another example. Yeah. Huge in the world. It wouldn't have happened without CanCon. Kim Mitchell. Kim Mitchell? Yeah, you can go on and He on. has a wild party, but you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you can come and see Massive. You can see a band. You can see probably five bands that'll blow your mind before yeah. you, before a band, any uh, one of these bigger festivals that you pay two hundred dollars for. You're not going to feel that. You're going to go, oh, I saw it. You write it down. You take a picture. You put it on your Instagram. Totally. And what did what did it change in your life? Nothing in your heart changed. No, it was, you. It's, it's, part, it's part of your bucket list. Bucket list stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Who did you see? Ah, oh, it was a guy that wore costumes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I get really upset about that kind of shit. People spend money. You're taking people's money. It's almost like you're tricking someone to say, hey, you've heard this a thousand times. Here. Yeah. It's $200 to come see it live, and it sounds almost not quite as good as it on the radio. But you come and see these bands, it sounds ten times better. It already sounds good recorded. It's a smaller venue, too. Like, I stopped going to big, huge festivals Mm -hmm. or big, huge, like, arena shows. Because even Slayer... Uh, like at a big, huge like arena show, doesn't sound as good as when you saw them 
back in the day in a smaller sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Slayer killed my ear, man. Is it still dead? Yeah, I saw him in the, It is, yeah, it rings. Yeah. Slayer ear. Yeah. It was the first time my ear felt like that. They came on stage after the Lamb of God or whoever it was. It was a good, children abode in the Lamb of God and someone else was there. And Slayer. Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah, yeah were you I there? Saw, I saw that. I saw, well, I saw it in Edmonton. Yeah, in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah, it was a wicked tour. I saw it in yeah. Vancouver. And I was way back up high. Way back up there. And boom. Yeah. Rung broken ever since. So, and you, you saw him at the, was it the Pioneer or something? No, it was the arena. It was Pacific Coliseum or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. they, like, they played the convention center during that tour. Oh, during really? that, Which is like... Just a big, huge hall. Like, yeah. there's no, like, the seating, if there's any seating, is just on the side. It's just this big, huge hall. Oh, yeah. Like, L to the back. That's where I saw him the second time. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Didn't hurt my ears because no. I just went up to the top. Ah, like, you should not see these bands in those huge arenas. It's like, you know, kind of yeah. like a ripoff. Yeah. I saw Eminem. Would I ever tell anyone that? No, because I was way the fuck up. <laughs> I saw him down there. Mm-hmm. Sounded like the album. And people are most excited for me to tell them, who oh, have you seen Eminem? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. I wasn't even close. I didn't even shake his hand. You know, <laughs> didn't get any sweat. Did on you want it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't care. I didn't care. I, was, I didn't pay for tickets. But that was the show that went. Oh man, I'll spend, I'll spend more money on uh, a rock and roll show any day of the week. Right. Yeah. For the crowd. Mm-hmm. Just for the crowd. You can go there and, and judge someone's sound, but no one's gonna hug you like. Well, that's that's a nice thing about Massive is uh, because it is fifty percent bands and fifty percent fans. You get to like actually mingle and talk to the bands after. Like some of them don't want to talk to you, some of them will, but most of them are just like super happy to be there, and they want to talk to you. They want to like it's part of the whole experience, which is like so yeah. great. It's the best part. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Anything you want to announce on here? When are, when are, yeah, when are the next bands being announced? Next week. All right, well, I'll get this one done. Okay. I didn't want to say the official date because I wasn't sure when you were. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. You... They'll be soon. Um, and they, you can check it out through the uh, massive Facebook page. Yeah. It's always on there. Just join the group. And... and then you'll see the announcement. Yeah. It's the way it works around here. Facebook. Unfortunately. I know. It's, un- it's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's also very powerful. If you use it for the right way, yeah, totally. It makes me nauseous. It's almost like looking at an open wound for me. <laughs> you know, like I open it up and I'm like, oh, fuck, where's the photo button? Yeah. Right? Where's that photo button? Because you see, like, oh, someone else is having fucking fun. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did I miss this week? Oh, man. I had to work. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. You got FOMO. Thanks for the FOMO. Yeah. Facebook of missing out. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Anything else you want to add? We can keep this one nice and. Uh, no, thanks no. for the, the thanks. This is awesome. Um, awesome. Check out Massive uh, September twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. No, twenty third, twenty fourth. Right. Yeah, yeah. How much are tickets? Sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for the whole weekend. Uh, and we're getting close to selling out already. So you can yeah. you get your tickets online, or you can go to Pack Rat Annie's if you're in town. Right, Pack Rat Annie's. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nice. Pack Rat Annie's. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, Jay, for sitting down and chatting about Massive Music Festival. Get your tickets right now and tune in. Follow them on the uh, social med medias. I don't know, the DIA and the end. Media should be. Get your tickets. If you have any ideas, especially ideas that could 
net me some cash or any ideas like that that are funny or if you have an ad that you recorded and you're like man this would sound cool if someone just hard limited it to 0.1 and then put the SNF music bed on it eh come on WK and the WK at gmail.com ST3 did it what a read what a read who doesn't want some butthole soup who He's actually had it. Maybe I'll get him on the call and say, how was it? Because he ate butthole soup. It was fish buttholes at a school in Korea. <sighs> Dude, when you're eating those little <laughs> tiny buttholes, you probably think all sorts of weird thoughts as soon as you realize that the bitter, gross taste in your mouth is actually buttholes. If you have any uh, concerts going on, please email them in. WK and the WK at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, if you're out of coasters, use your hands.